everyone. This is your Keeping It Real podcast host, Janine Strong. Or maybe I should say hostess. Mm. Every two weeks, I have an inspiring conversation with an ordinary person leading an extraordinary life. Today, I'm having another conversation with Selena Matreya, and I think you will enjoy this in-depth talk on spiritual hygiene, where the rubber meets the road. Selena's focus is practical spirituality, how to turn daily chaos into peace. We have the capacity within us to utilize any difficulty as a transformational tool to increase our consciousness and to be at peace. In my personal experience, this really is the key to living an extraordinary life and just downright feeling better and more positive about life. Spiritual hygiene is the foundational practice for those of you who want your life to be your practice. For those who want to embody the knowledge that you intellectually possess so that it becomes who you are, not just a bunch of thoughts and words, but actually walking your talk where the rubber meets the road. Greetings, Selena. Thank you for returning to the podcast. Oh, it's a pleasure. I had such a great time and we we shared so much and I'm very, very grateful to be here again. Thank you for inviting me, Janine. Well, thank you. I'm excited about our conversation today because we've had um, we've had conversations here and there about all of this knowledge that I've gathered all over the years and and that I know other people have and it seems to be pretty easy to take in the knowledge. The difficult part is actually making it who we are 24-7. I would say so. You know, I um, I actually brought a quote mm. that I wanted to share, and it might be a good time to share it as we begin here. Okay. This is a quote from Swami Sarvegatananda, and I love this. He says, it is not your beliefs, it is your behavior that counts. Mm-hmm. It's not your faith, but your function that counts. And it's not your conviction, but your character that counts. And what I take from this is that the Swami is telling us that we live in a physical world. And so we may have a belief, but what's our behavior look like? We may have faith, but what's the function behind that faith? Are we putting that faith into action? And it is not your conviction, he says, but your character that counts. So you can have all the conviction in the world, but what are the actions you take in your life that represent that? So I thought that might be a good way for us to start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I like to look too, Janine, at, at what we do. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when I read his words, I, I write away and, and this I have to tell you, this piece of paper sits on my desk and mm. it, it's it's worn. The, it's it, it's it's old. It the corners are all kind of curled up. But <laughs> it is on my desk every day because I even after all of these years of the work that I've done, um, I am still such a student. And I want to be reminded of myself. Where am I not, you know, where's my behavior not representing my belief? Where is my function not representing my faith? And where's my character out of alignment with my convictions? So yeah, it could be about other people, as you were saying. But for me, it always comes down to, you know, where's my behavior? And it's not from a self-centered place, but it's from a self-responsible place. Mm -hmm. No, Selena, that's one area amongst many, but that you are so good at is 
and and that I really appreciate is it bringing it back to ourselves. Thanks. Yeah, no, I, I think that's the work because, you know, um, we came into this body, we incarnated as energy into this physical form, whatever our life stream is, that's, that was, is what was chosen for us. The experiences we have come from a combination, I believe, of our, the divine plan and our choices because we were given free will. So we get to choose kind of like, you know what it's like? It's like those books that they had years ago that were very popular that started out with one story and somewhere in the book, you could go left or right. You could go to this page or that page. Mm. And the book became a different story with a different ending. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's our life. You know, we've been given this free will to make the choices. So it really is our life that we need to shift in any experience when we're feeling difficulty with another person or or we're we're unhappy uh, we tend to look at our health we tend to look at our money we tend to look at our romantic situation or our romantic partners or our kids as the source of our unhappiness mm -hmm. and while that may be symptomatic while the symptom of unhappiness may be coming from that direction or those directions. It's really our response to whatever lands in our world that creates our happiness or not. Mm -hmm. So it's always about us, whether we know that or not, whether we choose to accept that or not, it's always about us. We're not, I'm not here to change my kids or my ex-husband or my friends or my neighbors or the world. I'm here to be the best iteration I can be of me because that's how I will bring light into the world. Darn you. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a lot of work. <laughs> but I want everybody else to change. <laughs> I know, sweetheart. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that just be... And then if we could push a button and have that happen, it would be even easier. We wouldn't have to do anything. Just like, okay, this is the kid button. This is the in-law button. This is... The the people who, who have different beliefs than I do button. That would be lovely. Maybe you could create something like that. But until we have that, it's really us. But, but you know what? On the other side, all joking aside, and it's so good to laugh about it because it really is a lot of work. Um, the other piece that's so amazing is when I truly had the full body experience of the truth of that the truth that it was my choice, it was my response that created my next moment in time, like anything could land in my world. To this morning, I was walking through uh, the snow and it was really beautiful and it was still quite snowy out there. And I started to slip and I, I kind of... Uh, caught myself and I wrenched my back out a little bit. Mm. And it was like, oh, that snow, that ice. And then I realized, wait a second, I could just fall down. I mean, this is all in a millisecond because mm -hmm. that's how I process. So I'm in the process of falling and I'm like, darn that snow. And I thought, no, 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 I could be silly about this. And by the time I hit the ground, I was laughing <laughs> because it was my, it's not the fact that I started to slip. It's the fact that I had a choice to either see this as something that was going to be difficult or I could see this as something that was fun. And so I made it fun for myself. And, and we always have that opportunity. And when I f got that the first time I got the full-bodied experience, there was such freedom because it wasn't about my money. It wasn't about whether I had a partner or not. It wasn't whether or not my partner, you know, was doing something that was driving me crazy at that moment. It wasn't about my kids. It was about my response. And boy, was that freeing. So I found that really liberating. Mm -hmm. Can you, I, I don't know if it's something you can describe, uh, you know, it, it may not be, but what, 
what that full body response was for you? Well, it's, it is, you're absolutely right. It is very, it's almost beyond words. It's Mm. very hard, but I think everybody, everybody has probably, or most people have probably had that experience. What it is, is we can think about something. We can have the intellectual knowledge, as you were saying earlier, we can have the intellectual knowledge that, um, I like today, I, I had the intellectual thought that I could fall down here and, um, and be upset about that, or I could make it fun. And when I made it fun, that experience was in my body, that experience of laughing, that experience of just thinking, ah, this is so ridiculous, and having a good time with it. That experience is the full-bodied experience of it, which is different than a thought. Mm. But the idea, if you were, were you asking about how did I feel the first time I had that Mm -hmm. full-bodied, okay. Mm -hmm. So, so that's really hard to explain. It was, it was like a light bulb went off. I think some people might refer to it as an aha moment Mm. where you just have a knowing rather than a thought. And a knowing isn't just something that comes along with how can I make this work? Where do I put this? How do I structure this? Those are all thoughts. Those Mm -hmm. are all thinking structural things. This was, wow. This was like in every cell of my body. I just knew that this was so important. And I think we've all had aha moments where something just struck us and it just took over completely for a moment, our entire life stream, which is the word I use to describe my whole body and my whole, all my multidimensionality within it. And there was nothing in that moment except that knowing. Mm -hmm. That's how profound it was. Mm Okay. Okay. Um, just to backtrack a moment, did, you didn't happen to make a, a snow angel while you were there on the ground, did you? <laughs> what a great idea. No, I did. I did it. I love snow angels. So I had to fun. ask. <laughs> oh, I love those. They're, they're so beautiful. I know. They really are. I'll have to do that. I'll have to go out in the back. I live on a pond and in the back, we have a little bit of yard in the back before the pond. I'll have to go out there tomorrow and do a couple of those for my neighbors because they're such nice people. <laughs> Oh, okay. So how do we walk our talk? What do we need to do to really make it a part of our cellular structure and who we are? Well, I'm going to share three words with everyone who's listening here. The words are acknowledge, access, and actualize. And Mm -hmm. they refer to the fact that we are multidimensional beings, we are energy having an experience in the physical world. We're not bodies that happen to have energetic frequency. We're energetic beings in a body. And one of the aspects of our multidimensionality is the higher knowing that we have, is what we call our soul level. I call it the intuitive body. And this body, this high frequency energy that enters the world with our first breath um, is also what we have free choice, free will we're given when we're, we have our first breath, we're given free will, which is the actually can be described very easily as 
the opportunity to say yes or no to this high-frequency energy. Some people may call it God. Some people call it Krishna. I refer to it as the intuitive body, the oneness. Um, and we have the opportunity in our life at any moment, at any time, to draw upon, to acknowledge, to access, and to actualize this highest knowing, this high frequency. Um, and I believe that spiritual hygiene, that we stay clean holistically, energetically, when we're constantly acknowledging, accessing, and actualizing the intuitive body and, and enabling it to be our guidance system. Mm-hmm. You know, Selena, I'd like to just backtrack just a moment because I really think it's an important distinction, what you said, that we are not, let's see, how did you say it? Uh, but that, that we're, we're a frequency inhabiting a body and not right. the other way around. Um, and I would invite the listeners to, at some point during your day, just take a moment to think about that because they both feel really different. Yeah. And I wouldn't, uh, just with all due respect, I wouldn't think about it or or feel it, but I would, I would sense it. Yeah. I would, Mm -hmm. I would sense it or, you know, I would, I would just sit with it. Mm -hmm. I would Mm -hmm. sit with what that feels like inside your heart. How does that feel in your heart? Mm-hmm. And what is that distinction? And then I'd start to look for times um, during the day where you have an opportunity to, to acknowledge, access, and actualize your highest frequency. Because we are, we're trained, we're conditioned, and we're not conditioned to access the multidimensionality of who we are. We're conditioned to acknowledge our body. We're conditioned to acknowledge our brain. We're conditioned to acknowledge our emotional system. We're conditioned to sit inside our thoughts. We're conditioned to sit inside our emotions. We're we're considered, um, you know, we're conditioned rather to, and and meaning trained, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. to deny that we're high frequency energy, that we are the energy of love. That isn't a part of what we're, we're exposed to. Um, And so what we're doing is we're really switching the paradigm. We're bringing back into our conscious, our daily life through our consciousness. We are bringing that forward, bringing the consciousness forward, the high frequency forward. And and we're giving it space in our life, which we don't give a lot of space to. We may have the experience of love. We may have the experience of romantic love or love for our children. We may walk in nature and experience that connection. But for most people, they need to have nature. They need to have another person. They need to have meditation. They need to have prayer to experience that. But we can experience it in the most difficult parts of our life, it can be our response to difficulty. Mm. So mm-hmm. really experiencing the high frequency, that energetic frequency of who we are, is something that we choose to do or not. But most people are walking around unconscious that it even exists. Mm-hmm. And and I think though our challenging times are our gift, I guess I would say, to to challenge us to be in that place of a higher frequency when maybe our reaction is uh, a lower frequency of irritability or anger or something like that instead of responding 
with a, a higher frequency. Would that be? Well, absolutely. That's a really beautiful truth that I know um, that I've lived many times over and my students come, you know, come to experience in their life. Because once again, we're conditioned when something difficult happens. Uh, our first response is to respond with the same frequency that landed in our world. And a perfect example is you're driving on the road in the morning trying to get to work and you're sensing that people are like driving poorly and people are zooming and they're cutting each other off and then before you know it you're you know you're just driving along and somebody does it to you and with, without any warning whatsoever a car comes in front of you you barely have room to breathe or stop you hit your brakes and what do you do a lot of people give people the finger or they curse or they they shout in the car so that low frequency action of somebody not consider being considerate and cutting you off elicits very often a low frequency response from us. Mm -hmm. And that's because we're in fear. We're in fear. It's that fear flight thing. So, so yes, people would say, well, what's wrong with that? Well, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But what I'm saying is when we respond to low frequency with more low frequency, our next moment is always created from the moment before. Mm -hmm. So if something happens, person cuts you off, that's one moment. Next moment, you give them the finger and call them all kinds of names. The last moment was the moment you created and you created it out of low frequency. So you are in that place. You've created your own low frequency. And, and if life was just little moments that went by, that would be one thing, but it becomes a pattern for people mm. that, you know, mm -hmm. it becomes a pattern to respond to somebody who doesn't hold the door and you're in a rush and somebody in front of you isn't holding the door. Instead of just knowing that they didn't see you, most people are, well, thank you. What were you thinking? <laughs> and then you've just created that moment for yourself. And so when we look at this and we watch our behavior, we see that there's so many moments in our day that we are creating low frequency. And then when it goes to something that's bigger, where somebody that you love says something that you find hurtful mm -hmm. and and you can't get away from it. You're just sitting inside of it. And you can't, you know, you're talking to all your friends about it. As you're talking about it, thinking that this is going to be helpful to talk about it, sometimes it is for people. But beyond the first or second person that you've spoken to, when you're continuing to talk about it or post about it or write about it, you're literally creating more frequency of what you don't want mm -hmm. because we are our attention and what we put our attention on grows. Mm -hmm. So if something bad happens, and you want to talk to one or two friends because you need to get clarity, you need to clear it, then talk to your friends and then clear your system of that energy and stop talking about it because you're just creating more of what you don't want. So when we sit inside the difficulty that happens, we're creating more of what we don't want. So what happens is the response is to do what you suggested a few moments ago. It's to begin to learn how to watch yourself in your life. This is spiritual hygiene, and this is a big practice. Learning how to witness as you go through your life is one step. Mm -hmm. Noticing when you're out of alignment with the high frequency of love is the second step. And when you are, you ask the universe, what am I to learn here? Because there's always something to learn. And allow it to land and then ask, what frequency of love shall I fill myself with in order to clear 
what frequency of love am I needing right now? Am I needing understanding? Am I needing kindness? Am I needing compassion? Because we are given difficult situations in order to remember to bring in the high frequency of love because we need it. Mm-hmm. We need mm-hmm. it in that moment. We don't need more low frequency. We need more high frequency. So this is a process. Spiritual hygiene is a matter of watching your behavior, noticing when you're out of alignment with the highest frequency of love, when you're not in neutrality, when you're not at peace, you're somewhere else that needs to be shifted. Ask, what am I to learn? Allow that to land. And then ask, what frequency of love shall I fill myself with? And remember a time when that feeling was given to you. And really take a moment and feel it in your body. So these are four big practices, Mm -hmm. but they can be learned. And as you learn them, you learn how to turn any difficulty into a moment of peace. So this is the spiritual hygiene. Wow. Um, One question. So uh, kindness, compassion... Um, these these kinds of things. Are they all different frequencies? Well, you know, I don't know. I have mm. no idea if they're different frequencies, mm. but what I do know what they are is they're different manifestations in the physical world. Mm-hmm. We're physical beings. I was talking to my teacher who I've worked with um, for many, many years, who you had on your show yes. recently, mm-hmm. Janice Hope Gorman. And um, I was saying to her that it really seems to me that in the ether, in the field of, of formlessness, that there is no need for qualification. There are no words there. You know, it is, it, it's, there are no words outside of the physical world where the masters dwell, where the, where the, the oneness lies. And, and so it's here on the physical level that we need words so that we can understand and we can put to use and we can indeed access the frequencies because the physical world is dense. You know, I can't go mm-hmm. up to the wall with a hammer and a nail if I want to hang a photograph and tell the nail to jump into the wall, <laughs> right? Right? Would be, that's another thing that we should do. <laughs> yeah. We've got to invent things. You and I could invent and make the world so much easier. I know. We're on to something here. <laughs> so, so I have to take the nail, put it up to the wall with a hammer, and I have to hit it several times before it cracks the surface, then several more times to get it into the depth of the wall in order for it to effectively hang the photograph. Well, that's us. We're, we live in this physical world, so we need work. Words. We need to understand how things work so that we can use them. So mm-hmm. I don't know how it is in the world of non-form, um, but it feels as if here in the physical world, we have different manifestations of love. It's kind of like in Kabbalah, there are 72 different names for God. Each one has a different quality. Each one is a quality of God. Mm -hmm. And so it seems similar to me that the different manifestations of our highest knowing, our intuitive body, our kindness, our compassion, our gratitude, our grace, our tolerance, our understanding, our patience, you know, our wisdom, all of these words that we grow up with, that we know, that we aspire to be and use, seem to be different physical manifestations of the divine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. I, I like that. Um, 
All right. So would you just briefly state, uh, so everybody can really get it in their in their noggins, in their body, in their being, the four steps? Yeah. Um, the first step is to start to practice being the witness of your life stream. Now, that may be odd for people. Well, what does that mean? We go through our world many people unconsciously they just go through their world but when we're we're involved in the practice of witnessing we learn how to watch we learn to watch the thoughts and watch the emotions as they happen um mm -hmm. if i were to ask you who is the watcher what would you say i'm the watcher who was i I, I actually don't know. I, okay. I, yeah, I don't know who, yeah, I really don't yeah, know. Yeah, you've mm -hmm. got tons of company, my dear. Mm -hmm. the, the watcher is your consciousness. Mm -hmm. So your consciousness is indeed, when we talk about being multidimensional beings, here's, here are what I include in that multidimensionality. Mm -hmm. My physical body, my physical brain, the personality that has developed in this lifetime, the history that has developed in this lifetime. And then I have my frequencies of which there I work with my highest frequency of love, my divine soul level, my intuitive body, and the low frequency of the egoic body, which is the fear, the pain that I experience. Mm -hmm. So the consciousness, the intuitive body, is the watcher of the physical body. So instead of moving through the world and just going, ouch, when I stub my toe, many years ago, I started saying, ah, I, the soul, see the toe is injured. If I have a thought that's really like I'm starting to feel depressed, I trained myself to start saying, ah, I, I the soul, notice that the life stream is feeling slow down. It seems very clumsy at first. It feels very awkward <laughs> to people because they're not used to it. You know what it's like? It's like in therapy when a couple is, is learning to listen to each other. Mm. A therapist will often have them, one person do the talking and the other person do the listening. And then the person who did the listening has to repeat back almost word for word what the other person said. Right. They can't say, mm -hmm. I you know, I feel you said, no, I heard that you said, and it feels awkward and it's uncomfortable because it's a very different process. And, and starting to witness your behavior can be that awkward in the beginning, but it is fascinating. And it's a retraining so that we realize we're not just this, we're not just one I, me, we are these multidimensional beings. So we start playing with them. So you start playing with the consciousness, watching the physical physical body, the consciousness, you know, stubbing its toe, the is watching the body stub its toe, the consciousness watching the thoughts, watching the feelings, um, the consciousness watching the conversations. And it very quickly, you start to have a little separation between the event and the witnessing. And in that space is where you have choice. Because if you just are so wrapped up in, as one entity and you experience life by racing through life and going from one emotion to another and one thought to another, you have no separation. You have no choice. You can't in a moment not give the person on the road the finger because you are so 
you are so wrapped up in, you know, um, experience, response, experience, response, mm-hmm. experience, response. But when you start this practice, you're really slowing down the systems. You're creating a space. You're watching. So just practice watching yourself. Just just start noticing. Am I in thought mode now? Am I in emotional mode? Am I... Am I doing something physical where I'm not even thinking or feeling because I'm I'm on the treadmill so much and working so quickly on it that I don't have any thoughts or feelings? So just start watching where you are. Are you in your thoughts? Are you in your emotions? And then you can move towards this witnessing. I, the soul level, sees that the whatever part of the body is experiencing that. And stay with the witnessing. Don't move forward until you feel like you really have it down. I mean, this could take weeks. It could take months. Some people takes years to really learn how to witness. So, you know, the, 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 the news for anyone listening who wants to build their consciousness is it is a practice. And we are called spiritual warriors because it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's the first step is to do the witnessing and then you move on, you know, as you witness to making a choice to um, to shift your behavior, to notice your behavior. You're practicing witnessing and then you're using the witnessing to notice your behavior. And if you're out of alignment, you're asking, third step, you're asking, why am I out of alignment? What am I to learn? Because there's always something to learn when we're out of alignment, but we're conditioned to just feel guilty about it or not notice it. Mm, but mm-hmm. when you're noticing it, you you don't want to be guilty about it because there's there's a purpose here. There's a reason for you that you're out of alignment. There's something for you to learn. I have to be kinder. If you find yourself out of alignment because you're judging somebody, oh my gosh, I was judging somebody. Notice that and ask, what am I to learn? Maybe you're to learn compassion because it's not just compassion for them, it's compassion for you. Mm-hmm. We judge mm-hmm. people because we judge ourselves. We judge situations because we judge ourselves. So when we bring in compassion and we feel the compassion for ourselves, and that's a whole other program as to how we do that, which we can do sometime. Mm-hmm. But when we feel the compassion, then you just let it go because you that was that was the energy you were supposed to fill yourself with. So it's witnessing, seeing if you're out of alignment asking what am I to learn, and then allowing yourself to feel that high frequency of love that comes along with the lesson. Mm-hmm. Because we have difficulty because there is a, there's a, an energy, a frequency of love that we need to be filled with. When, we are, when we're irritated with other people, when we're short-tempered, when we're behaving in ways that don't represent our values, it's because we have a lack of love a lack of compassion within us. We don't have to wait for other people to give that to us. <laughs> that is within us. That is the that is what we acknowledge. That is what we can access. And that is what we can actualize within our life stream. It is there to access, to actualize. That high frequency of love is in absolutely everybody who is listening here today. They just haven't utilized it yet because mm-hmm. they've been conditioned to forget about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is, uh, it, it's such important work. And um, I had an aha moment um, because the witnessing part I, I have been working on for many, many, many years, and I'm, I'm pretty good at that. But I, I, the, what was new to me 
was about uh, what you said about the space between mm-hmm. the event and, mm-hmm. and the witnessing. Mm-hmm. That was a new a new piece for me. Do you know, you know what it's similar to, but different from, so I'll say it's similar (laughs) to and different from, okay, because we live in a world of paradox. Mm -hmm. It's similar to, but different from the, what we're taught when we're younger or, or we're taught when we, we, why do we give kids a timeout when their behavior isn't, doesn't serve? Oh, go over, sit in the corner for two minutes or take, take two minutes and sit over here and read a book and breathe. Now I'm reading, and this is so wonderful, that children are being taught yoga and meditation in their timeout spaces. Mm. But when we were kids, I'm going to be 65, we weren't even given a timeout. We were just told to sit over there. Mm-hmm. Go, we were put in a corner sometimes, which was very isolating, but it was to give us time to pull ourselves together. Then later in life, you know, we're told, take a breath, take a moment where we read psychology books that inform us to, um, if you're angry, count to 10. Why? Because we're stopping, we're creating space. Timeouts create a space. So so it's similar, but it's different because what we're doing is we're energetically creating space. We're witnessing that we are taking this as an opportunity to recognize that we are multidimensional beings and we can use our different, we can use different parts of who we are to help the entire life stream. If we see ourselves as a one-dimensional being, there's nothing that helps anything. But when we recognize that we are multidimensional beings, then we can go be a witness of the rest of the life stream. And it does create an energetic space. So nobody needs to put us in a corner or tell us to take 10 breaths because we're accepting the responsibility of watching our behavior. And when we see we're out of alignment, the, the higher frequency witnesses the life stream and stops and says, ah, let me breathe into this moment and create space so I can respond from my highest being, not respond from my lowest frequency as a response to the low frequency that just landed in my world. Mm-hmm. So that, So we already have parts of our life that have taught us that, that this space that you just had an aha moment around exists and we're using it in a, in a, in a way where we're, we're accessing our frequencies because accessing our frequencies is what we're not trained to do. So it's another way to do that. Mm -hmm. So for anybody that feels that this is new or unique, it's a new and unique way of doing something that we have been, that has been talked about in our world many times over, but it's much more effective because everything, the frequency that we are is behind absolutely every action and everything we experience. Frequency is behind our words. It's behind our thoughts. It's behind our emotions. So if you're trying to change your thoughts, you're changing the wrong end of the equation. If you're working with the frequency as your announcement, as to how you are, you're working with your source issue. And that's where we make changes is at the source issue. Mm -hmm. Now, how, okay, so you just said instead of uh, using our words to change our frequency, we want to change our frequency and that will in turn change what we say or how we're, what we're, what we're putting out. 
Yes. Neuroscience. Yeah. Nor, yeah. Okay. Um, there was a neuroscientist who was quoted uh, months ago in the New York Times, and he was talking about um, what he said was that the brain does not create a new. The brain recognizes that which it knows and creates structure around it. So the brain is filled with frequency. Our heart is filled with frequency. That's why we have EKGs and EEGs, why at the end of our life, we are on a monitor and we are proclaimed dead when there is no frequency in the heart and the brain, mm -hmm. even though the body is there. So the brain recognizes frequency. If we are in low frequency, the brain creates structure, thoughts, and feelings that represent that frequency. If we are in a feeling of neutrality, of peace, then our thoughts and our feelings represent that. So we're told change your thoughts, change your life. It should actually be change your frequency, change your life. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. the frequencies are what inform the brain. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I don't know if there are many different ways to change the frequency or you mentioned um, uh, accessing a feeling of, of love or compassion that you've felt before. And, and actually embodying that or feeling that. Are there other ways to change your frequency too? Well, there might be, but I've just found so much success mm -hmm. in the understanding of bringing in the frequency of love that, and that feels for me the most authentic and um, accessible. Okay. So it might be that I have, yeah. Mm, so it might be a good idea, and you might have a much better idea than this, but this is what just came to me, to just take some time, maybe lie down or sit quietly and and kind of think back through your life to uh, times where you, you felt a lot of compassion or kindness or love and 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 really sense how that feels in your body and 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 pick something that really works for you so that, you're prepared for, you know, when you're when you're hit with something that uh, uh, is is low frequency and you want to change it. You... Well, you know, that's that's a good idea. I would I would shift it just slightly. Um, okay. Memories, memories. What are memories? Memories are frequency that mm. we've stored in our body. Okay. And so instead of you can you certainly do what you suggested, or you could simply remember a memory. Uh, close your eyes and feel in your body, as you said a memory of being completely loved, completely mm -hmm. and totally known, whether it was a grandparent or a teacher or a friend, and, and bring that person, that feeling that you could either go to the memory of that moment or just bring that person who represents the person who loved you more unconditionally than anybody and bring that person in and feel them, see yourself, visualize, use your imagination, such a powerful tool, mm -hmm. visualize them standing in front of you, look them deeply into their eyes, have them look deeply into yours and feel it with every cell in your body and feel the love and compassion they have for you. And really sit inside of that for as long as you feel it's needed. And then when you come out of that, I challenge you to still have that low frequency feeling that you had before. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it does sound, though, like it would be a good idea to 
uh, have that figured out before you get into a, a low frequency situation or a crisis situation so that you can bring bring that memory up right away. Sure. Certainly a good idea. Absolutely. Positively. And if you don't, you forget about it, then at the time, sit yourself down and, and put yourself in that position and bring it in again. Yeah. So mm -hmm. pr any preparation is always good. That's part of the spiritual hygiene. And this is fun. I mean, this is wonderful to be able to bring people in that we love. This is a practice I do with people who have lost people they love. There's no reason that we need to grieve over people that we've lost because their energy is still here for us to connect to should we choose to mm. and we can we can be with them all the time and and there's a there's a practice for that that's very similar and and it's very very healing uh, so yes we don't have their physical body we don't have conversations with them in the physical form but we certainly can on an energetic level so yeah we have this a lot of this this is work but it's so much fun and they're also it's so rewarding over time you know i i've worked with some students for two, three, four years, even more. And their worlds are completely different. There's not one student I've ever worked with who doesn't say, and they all say the same thing, that they don't get sh shaken anymore. They mm -hmm. don't experience their anxiety or their depression. You know, it seems like it's a, a vague memory to them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and it's not that this is a panacea. This is actually the result of tapping into the high frequency of love. What John Lennon sang about, what Mick Jagger talks about, what so many different musicians and writers and poets, Rumi and teachers have talked about is something that is alive and active in each and every person, regardless of the personal difficulty they've had in their life. It's there for them to acknowledge, to access and to actualize. Mm -hmm. And it's wonderful when we do. Our life changes dramatically. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, wow. Um, I'm so in, in, into what you're saying. I, what, what was my question going to be? Oh, um, one thing I would like to, uh, to cover because it, it, it's an important, I know it was an important piece for me. So I can imagine that it, it is for many people. Expectations. <laughs> oh yeah that's a big one yes how that how how expectations lowers our, can lower our frequency and and how releasing expectations is is important a, important piece of this so why don't you give us a couple of um examples of what you consider expectation ah oh, wow especially since this has been such a big one for you as you said you probably have a lot of experience with that right yeah, yeah. Well, um, I've had a tendency, which uh, I've been told many times, it's not really fair. But, um, you know, when I was 16, I was—I mean, not that I didn't make mistakes. I certainly did when I was uh, 16, 17. Um, but I was in college and, you know, more independent. And, you know, here I'm, I'm looking at kids all, not just he, in the house, but, it, you know, their friends and a lot of them are just their home um, playing video games and not not involved in you know in anything that um, I don't know that seems to me to be of any any importance in their life or 
it, and I don't, it doesn't make any difference what it is, but you know, something that, that, that motivates to, to get out and do something, um, and learn. And so my expectation is a lot different from what I'm getting. <laughs> so you have an expectation of what you want children, whether they're in your house or not to how, how, how to lead their life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what does that expectation bring to you? What, what's your, what, what happens when that expectation isn't met? Um, I get irritated. Uh Um, makes me sad Uh in a lot of ways. Um, Uh yeah, I would say the irritation and, and kind of feeling sad that, that, you know, we've only got so much time, right? I mean, time goes by and, and when it's gone, it's gone. And, Kind of to me, it feels like time's just being wasted, and you don't get it back. Mm-hmm. So you're feeling that's 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 your thought about it, and you're feeling how. What words would you use when you see those you love not living up to your expectations? Um, how do you feel? I, I think like irritated and 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 irritated. sad. You know, I kind of go back okay. and forth or combination. So, so- Yep. So you feel irritated and sad. So does, does, does holding those, if, if you're as a spiritual person, what is your, um, what is your commitment? Is it to be in neutrality and peace? Is that what you hope as a spiritual conscious person, you yes. will be able to walk through the world? And, right. So as a spiritual person, you want to walk in neutrality and peace, but when you're in expectation, you've said that you experience irritation and impatience, was it? Forgive me. Yeah, uh, I didn't say impatience, but yes, impatience is right in there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, sadness so, and sadness. Right. Mm-hmm. So would it be fair to say that when you're in expectation, you are out of alignment with your spiritual beliefs uh, yes. of being in neutrality and peace? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And would it, be, would it be fair to also say that the people who are these kids who are sitting there at any given moment, their, their actions aren't what created your lack of neutrality and peace, your response to their reaction, your expectation is your response. Right. Yes. Right. So that's, and I wanted to go through this and thank you, my dear Janine, for allowing us to utilize you as, as the opportunity to show people how expectations affect our ability to stay in peace and neutrality. Because when we have an expectation, this needs to happen in this timeline, or this person has to be this way, and they're not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's many factors why people aren't. There's many factors why kids may be on, may be doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. But when we have an expectation of something, We've created an artificial boundary around it. And when it doesn't happen, we create our own unhappiness. So expectations don't usually serve. The brilliant question that I'm going to ask is, what's the difference between an intention and an expectation? Because Mm. people say, well, what's, you know, what's the difference, you know, because I use the word intention. I would say it would be nice for, for us to hold intentions. My intention is, is for my children to have a balanced life. And, I, mm. and, and with that intention in mind, I'm going to provide them this, 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 and that. I'm going to guide them to do this and that. 
But then I'm going to allow them the opportunity to lead their life and not have my expectations crowd the field. Mm-hmm. So an intention, mm-hmm. an intention is a wish that's followed by action that would help that, that wish to come into fruition. But you let go of when they have to respond, how they have to respond. And as long as they're not harming themselves or harming anybody else, as a parent, you're going to not impose your expectations. You're going to move forward with your intentions. And this isn't semantics. They are very Mm -hmm. different actions. So an expectation in your own life, for instance, okay, so I have a business and I'm putting things in place and I want this, I I would, I'm putting these actions in place because I'm hoping this intention will be realized, Mm -hmm. but I'm not say how long it has to happen within or what it exactly has to look like when it gets realized, because then I'm not allowing the universe to come in and do its magic and work as my Mm co-creator. Correct. When people have like really defined ideas of what like a person, if they want a romantic partner in their life and when this person has to show up and what they look like and how they have to be. Mm-hmm. there's a lot of disappointment that goes on. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, it doesn't happen. I prayed a whole lot and nothing happened. So we are part of the oneness. We are part of a great grid of frequency. And we are one small part of that. And when we have a wish or an intention and we put our action behind it, we have no idea of all the other pieces that have to come together for that to happen. And what usually happens is due to our expectations, we stop too soon, we get angry and put, put frustration into it, and we, we cloud the field with our negative energy because things didn't happen the way we wanted. And we get in the way of our own progress that was already happening. Mm-hmm. And so expectations don't serve. Mm-mm. Wow. I really hadn't, uh, I hadn't looked at the, the difference between expectation and, oh goodness, I'm having a moment. Intention. Intention. Thank you. Wow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there's a big, so, so just to, and I sometimes can go off, so I'll be clear for everyone who's listening. An expectation is closed. Mm-hmm. It's, it's defined very tightly and, and it's defined by time. It's defined by behavior. It's defined by qualifications. An intention is an open wish. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a wish. It's a desire. And you put you put action behind it, but you don't timeline it out. You don't define what it actually has to look like. You know, it's you're placing it out into the universe and asking the universe to come in and fill your plate. You're giving the universe space. So one is a closed state, an expectation that has very defined parameters. An intention is a wish. Wouldn't it be nice? Mm-hmm. You're curious. You're open to what happens. You're excited about the possibilities. You put energy behind it and you see what happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That was very clear. That was very good. Clear. Thank you. Good. I like that. Yeah. Wow. This is, this is awesome. Um, is there, I, we're going to do a meditation, correct? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the laying mm-hmm. down the shield meditation. Yep. Is there anything that we haven't covered that um, you would like to uh, talk about before we do the meditation? Oh, we've done a lot. I, I know so much. I don't want to overload people. I do want to just lay. I just do want to just explain the meditation mm-hmm. a little bit. Sure, go ahead. So we've been talking about how we move through our life and how we can use our experiences, our daily life experiences, to um, bring in the higher frequency of love to acknowledge, access, and actualize it. And we talked about being a witness of who we are. And we talked about how to actualize that. And we've talked about the difference between intentions and expectations. So I think I'm hoping that the listeners are really starting to get a flavor for all of the dimensions of who they are and how they, they they interact with each other and the freedom we have to watch from the level of kindness, from our, our spirit level, our soul level, our intuitive body, all of the other aspects of who we are. And one of the things that happens when we do, when we start to take on the work of becoming a conscious individual and and having our highest frequency be the GPS, if you will, of our life, mm-hmm. is that we start to notice parts of us that don't serve. Mm-hmm. For me, quite honestly, when I was much younger, I started this work um, 25 years ago, and I was very judgmental. I loved my mother. She was a brilliant woman, but she was extremely judgmental. So I grew up in a house full of judgment. Mm-hmm. And that was the biggest piece that I needed to really let go of. And I continue to work on that 25 years later. I have made great progress. But I have to tell you, I continue to, to see myself in judgment. So whether it's judgment that you see yourself in, whether you're impatient, whether you're unkind, whether you're intolerant, whatever it is, when you see that, There's a practice that you can use. You're going to notice it as you go along. You can release it. You can go and ask spirit, why have I done this? And what am I to learn? And you can in the moment, as we've shared in this call, you can um, go to the practice of filling yourself with love. All of that is important. Excuse me. You can also choose to do the practice that we're about to do, which is called laying down the shield. Mm-hmm. So in this practice, you will be asked, you'll be asked to identify what this shield represents, and you're going to be letting it go. So before we begin the practice, you might just take a moment and you might just now say, what is the quality of mine that I would like to let go of? Am I impatient? Am I judgmental? You know, we all have qualities. Sometimes we're just not thoughtful. Mm. It's part of our humanity, but we want to let it go. So take a moment and just think about what that quality might be for you. And now I'm going to take us through the practice, if that's okay, Janine. Are you ready? Um, just about. Let, before we okay. do, let's let people yeah. know that you are going to um, have a recording of just the meditation available for people. So mm-hmm. that if, for example, I listen to podcasts when I'm driving all the time, so you don't want to meditate while you're driving, but you can listen to it. Um, we'll have the uh, a link on the podcast website. And uh, so that people can go to your website, which is, what is your website, by the way? 
It's Practical Spirituality with Selena, which is spelled S-E-L-I-N-A dot com. Okay. So Practical Spirituality with Selena dot com. Okay. And that link, <clears throat> excuse me, that link will also be on the website. So I just want to let people know that there will be a link so that you can go and uh, download just the meditation and you can have that to use as often as you like. Absolutely. And thank that you is for my- that. Oh, sure. My pleasure. It's my gift, my gift to everyone, because I'm very, very committed to being as helpful as I can and helping you to acknowledge, access, and actualize the love of who you are. (laughs) Yep. That's it. Okay. Awesome. So I will stay out of the way and we'll reconnect after you're done with the meditation. Okay, my dear. So if you can, if you're not driving in a car, if you're not working any heavy machinery like any jackhammers or anything like that, um, please follow along. And if you are, just listen and do the meditation later. But if you can at this time, close your eyes. You'll need maybe five minutes of total quiet, uninterrupted peace. Close your eyes. Move your body in a way that's comfortable, whether you're sitting in a chair or lying down, it matters not. Just allow the body to be very comfortable. And begin to take breaths through your nose, in and out through the nose. Long, slow, easeful breaths. In and out through the nose as long and deep and easeful as possible. And as you breathe, bring your attention completely to the chest. I'm going to ask you to do this for a few moments, keeping your attention completely on your chest until we begin the practice. And now, continuing the breath, bring your attention to your imagination. Bring your imagination, make it active, and visualize yourself at the ocean. It's a gray, warm day at the ocean. You're standing in front of a large body of water. You are totally relaxed, happy to be here on this day. You take a deep, deep breath in and smell the sea air. Mm. You wiggle your toes into the sand, your feet are bare, and you feel the cool sand in between each of your toes. You take a moment and you hear the gulls in the distance calling to one another, and you take a deep breath and let it out, 
feeling so totally safe and comfortable and relaxed. As you stand on the beach looking out onto the sea, you were lulled as you watch the waves come in and go out. Noticing the sea gazing out, you notice that there's something floating in the water. And as you watch each wave go out and come in, this object comes closer and closer to you. And now it's at your feet and it looks like a shield, like the shield that the knights wore. And as you stoop to pick up this large item, it's heavy and you know this is your shield. Notice it now. Look at the color. Look at its shape. Run your hands over it and feel the material it's made of as you pick it up and bring it to your chest. This shield is much smaller than your chest. It no longer fits you. This shield is the quality in you that you are looking to lose. Whether it's your judgment, whether it's your intolerance, whether it's impatience, at some point this shield served you. It protected you but you no longer need that protection. And so you thank this shield for the work that it has done for you in the past. But you say, I no longer need your services. And you gently and kindly put it back into the water. And you stand up straight feeling your feet grounded in the sand. And you watch the water as the waves come in and they go out. And you watch the shield go further and further and further away into the water until you can no longer see it. And you take a deep breath in. And you thank the universe for your highest frequency and you say that is the frequency of love that I now rely on. It is kindness. It is compassion. It is my ability to access my wisdom. It is gratitude. It is grace. These are the qualities that are my shield now. And I thank you, I thank you, I thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. These are the frequencies of love manifestations of love 
that you will hold dear as you walk through your world. And so if you would now take a deep breath in, allow the air to seep out of your nose. And as you continue to breathe, bring yourself back into your body and back into the room. And Janine and I will continue our conversation. Mm. It's such a beautiful practice, Janine, mm-hmm. because it truly allows us to energetically let go of the frequencies. And because we are in the physical world, we are in a dense body. We are like that nail needing to be hit into the wall mm-hmm. several times before we break the surface. People may need to utilize this practice over and over, but you can't come out of this practice if you've really actualized it without feeling differently from when you went in. So you might start this practice if you have noticed the judgment, if you've come out of a situation where you saw your own judgment or whatever that frequency was that was experienced so that you can note the difference in your state. Or you might, as Janine had suggested before, practice with this one before it's needed and just lie down and you may not see a shift in your state as much when you come out, but you're definitely going to experience the practice and you will have built up in your system doing this over and over the high frequency of love because that's as you release the low frequency, there's more space for the high frequency to be there. So this is a wonderful practice that um, is extremely beneficial. And as with any practice, the more we do it, the more we see shifts in our life. Mm -hmm. Mm. Thank you so much. I I really welcome. I really appreciate who you are, and I really appreciate your work. And Mm. um, I know that you've been helping me become much more neutral about the things that irritate me, and. I, in turn, am feeling much better, I have to Great. say. So I really, I, I really appreciate the rubber meets the road uh, aspect of your work. I mean, there's, you have a, a, a huge body of knowledge behind it, um, which I also appreciate. But I especially appreciate the, you know, the, the taking action, the actual making it uh, a real part of everyday life. Well, thank you very much. I always credit Spirit. I feel so grateful for the work that they have given me to do because this wasn't something that I sat down and created. (laughs) This literally was given to me by source Mm -hmm. um, and continues to be given to me. So I always credit uh, Spirit for 
the oneness for the work that I've been given. I I said yes to show up and I do show up um, all the time. I work very hard in my life to stay integral so that I can um, be a vehicle for the work, mm-hmm. but, but, but the work is given to me. So what you're appreciating, um, which I appreciate too, because it is so powerful and it is so practical. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I love the fact that it's practical. Mm-hmm. I think we need practicality and source in its, in its wisdom knows what we need and that's why it's bringing this work into the world now and i thank you for being a vehicle to share this work and the work that you're sharing from so many teachers with so many people so my gratitude to you my dear for your work because i recognize that not only are you doing the work of practical spirituality in your life, but the work it takes to do a podcast and to bring us together and to share this knowledge that so many people have with your listeners is a gift to all of us. Mm. So I am so appreciative of Mm. your work. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really do. Well, I look forward to uh, more of uh, (laughs) more conversations with you. Um, I really enjoy them. Thank you. Thank so you. Much. Me too. My pleasure. I love sharing and I love our conversations. I'm happy to do more for sure. Great. Awesome. Oh, thank you so much, Selena. My pleasure. Take care. You too. Thank you so much, Selena Maitreya. It's really, uh, it's really a joy. Uh, I'm going to do something a little different today. I want to thank all of you who've been listening to uh, what I would call these labor of love podcasts that I'm doing. Um, I just checked the stats and there have been over 25,000 downloads, uh, including YouTube. And I just want to thank everyone. I really appreciate your support. And um, I just, I truly hope that, uh, that, that you're listening to these wonderful, wonderful people that I have on. Um, is helping to support you and 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 make a difference in your life. The podcast website is realjanine.com where you can listen to and download episodes. Uh, there's links to my guest web pages and remember there will be links uh, for the meditation and for Selena's website. Uh, and just remember that Janine is J-A-N-E-A-N. I also have a bi-weekly newsletter and um, you can sign up for that too. Uh, Please subscribe to Keeping It Real with Janine through iTunes or your favorite podcast provider. Do you know others who would benefit from my conversation with Selena Matreya? I'm sure you do. We all want to feel better. We all want to be more at peace. So please share with those you care about. Thanks for listening. Take care. Take care.